You're listening to Autumn on the Air, the weekly podcast that brings you conversations about the impact of research commercialization and the people who make it happen. Join us for interviews with patent and licensing professionals, innovators, entrepreneurs, and tech transfer leaders on the issues and trends that matter most. Keep listening for an inside track on the people, IP policies, and politics changing our world. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Dr. Nusa Bekezi Galadia, a technology transfer manager at Innovis, a division of Stellenbosch University that is responsible for technology transfer, entrepreneurial support, and development. With over a decade of experience in research and innovation management, Dr. Galadia brings a wealth of expertise to her role in assisting researchers, innovators, and entrepreneurs in identifying, protecting, and managing intellectual property derived from Stellenbosch University's research and innovation initiatives. Her passion for translating ideas, research, and innovation is reflected in her extensive educational background, which includes an MBA and PhD in biotechnology. Welcome, Dr. Galadia. I'm so excited to have you here on the air. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you also for inviting me to the podcast. I really look forward to it. Well, I'm really excited to have you on the podcast today to talk about technology transfer in South Africa. And Dr. Galadia, I'm curious to know what challenges you and your team at Stellenbosch University face and how you address those challenges. Thank you, Lisa. Um, as you all know that um, in South Africa, we're not as advanced as uh, the Europeans and Americans in terms of tech transfer. So we still have a lot of catching up to do. But I'm happy to say that Stellenbosch University is one of the top performing and well advanced, at least within the African continent, in terms of uh, the progress we've made with our intellectual property protection, the systems and instruments we've put in place to support our researchers, our entrepreneurs and innovators. So um, as you know, that intellectual property protection is very costly exercise. Uh, having startups also require specialized skills, set also financial resources. And being um, a third world uh, country, there's still a lot of um, uh, need for financial resources. We are mostly within the South African context, the university, public universities are supported by government. You find that all the universities have tech transfer. We all compete for the same resources. So usually that is the major um, challenging environment. Also, what we're also facing is that um, there's still a lot of these upcoming um, technologies that needs adoption. And most of the time you realize that companies, especially industries, even government entities that could make use of these technologies, they still source them either from the Europeans or Asian countries. So we still perhaps still have a long way to go in terms of convincing the private sector, convincing the government to take up the technologies that are developed within the South African uh, ecosystem and also um, ensuring that they are being commercialized not only in South Africa, but also globally. So, Dr. Galadia, what role do universities and research institutions play in technology transfer in South Africa? Uh, I believe, Lisa, universities play a very critical role in the tech transfer ecosystem in South Africa. Firstly, we are the implementers of the, our Intellectual Property Act. Um, so, 
when there are any changes in, within the global community, we are the first-hand people to understand those changes, to also inform our policymakers in terms of what are, what are the critical changes or what are the implications of those changes within the South African context. Secondly, I believe we play a critical role in terms of contributing to social development, in terms of contributing um, to economic development, in terms of contributing to even a variety of social challenges that we face. For example, um, it's well globally that we are still a very high, we have a high rate of unemployment, high rate of crime. Those are some of the things that can be addressed through the tech transfer because you are in a position to create jobs for our startups. We are in a position to even absorb our graduates, for example, our researchers within uh, the pipeline of our portfolios. So by those uh, uh, contributions, I believe that we kind of um, I critically live within the system to make change and not just change within just our university, but even at a national and global level. So as a leading research university in South Africa, how does Stellenbosch University approach collaboration with industry partners and how does it identify promising technologies that have the potential to create positive social and economic impact in the region? Thanks, Lisa. So um, we are advantaged to have a very active chief director in our tech transfer office, uh, Anita Nell, uh, who's got a wealth of uh, know-how and also networks, not only locally, but globally. So over the years, we've created quite a good network base with industry partners, with government entities. So we are constantly, whenever we see potential in our tech, we constantly look and identify the potential industry partners, approach maybe if, if whether they're interested to co-fund the project or whether they're interested in maybe licensing um, the intellectual property, then if perhaps that deal becomes successful, then they are on board. So through our processes, what we normally do when we receive a maybe an innovator or a researcher come to our office with a good idea, depending on what stage it is, we have a process we call due diligence where we take them through that process to assess whether is it innovative, is it unique, is it maybe an improvement of an existing technology or innovation, um, what is the possible IP protection that is required, where is the market, what is the best marketing or commercialization strategy. So we go through all of that process with the innovators. Then once they pass that stage and we are comfortable that this is a technology we can take forward, then we are then able to provide them with the support they need. It may be perhaps they still need more R&D to be done to come up with a prototype or there is already a prototype that needs further development. We use our internal strategic funds or through some of the funds we receive from government or even through our co-funding um, funding instruments that we partner with industry partners with. Then we take that forward and also through that course of the journey, they may already maybe have an industry partner that they were collaborating with through the course of the research, which then maybe at the time of uh, the majority of the tech, the industry is keen to take that forward. So there are kind of those different opportunities that we take advantage of. 
So it sounds like you've had some collaborations that have come from these partnerships. Can you talk a little bit about how these have benefited the university, the industry partner, as well as the broader community? Yes, uh, maybe a specific one that I'm actively involved in is the wine tech where we have, as you know, that Stellenbosch is one of uh, the best wine yes, regions. Yes. So as you, if you come to South Africa, I'm sure you'll enjoy part of that wine. So uh, the industry has an association, which is a wine tech, where they receive some contributions from their industry partners, which then also get to be invested back into universities in terms of conducting any research that might improve the industry. So we've had collaborations for over the years with the industry where our researchers will look at vast areas of uh, aspects that uh, affect um, the industry, for example, the climate change, um, the improvement of the grapes, the improvement of the wine, all of those things looking from your whether in the natural sciences or even artificial intelligence where um, the industry also need to be kind of have a foresight in terms of what the other foreseen challenges that the industry may, may may face in future so that they can also prepare themselves and how to address those. So we have that good partnership and there is already tangible um results or even benefits that we foreseeing. Uh, we have startups that have been uh, created through those partnerships and they are already receiving contracts from uh, big players in the industry to contribute uh, providing the services that are required by the industry. That's fantastic. And South Africa has quite a wonderful reputation for great wine. So that's uh, really very, very interesting. And the research and intellectual property has played a key role in that. So what about new or emerging technologies or fields of research that Stellenbosch University is particularly interested in for commercialization or tech transfer? Can you talk about some of those? Yes. Interesting enough, Lisa, I just came from... um, we had a, a training program with the British Council at, in the UK where we were looking at um, the strengthening of commercialization within the humanities. As you all know that uh, in the past, the focus of IP or tech transfer offices will be on sciences or um, engineering related fields. But what has happened is that our government and also together in partnership with the British Council, they've realized that there's this gap where human sciences, because now we talk about social innovation, but there's not much that um, tech transfers are doing in the space. So we've also, uh, we're part of that program and we are interested to to realize that actually there's quite so much, as you know, that South Africa has a rich uh, history where humanities and arts play a role. And there's a lot of platforms where to take the arts or heritage of the country into the world through commercialization. So we're looking now, working closely with our researchers, how we can package these creatives, uh, which way for the longest time maybe have been neglected, how we can package this, how we can look in terms of how to improve, for example, things like in sound engineering, you will not think that arts will require that, but now there's opportunities for multidisciplinary collaborations and taking and merging science with humanities into things that could then contribute to social impact. 
So, Dr. Gladia, we all know that the path from invention to commercialization is a difficult and often winding one. What kind of support does the university offer to researchers who are interested in commercializing their inventions or intellectual property? Um, you've talked a little bit about some of the challenges so far, but it sounds like you do have some programs, resources, and networks in place to help them navigate the tech transfer process as well as bring their innovations to market. Yes, that's correct, Lisa. Um, we have uh, what you call, firstly, we, we look at the holistic need of the project, not just focusing on the narrowness of uh, intellectual property, but we look in terms of what level of, of the technology the project is and what is required. Does it just need, because some, it may not necessarily require financial support, but they just need strategic support and guidance in terms of how best to commercialize. So when that is the case, we have a team that is well experienced in um, managing this, this kind of project in terms of uh, looking at the entire value chain and identifying strategies. So we provide that. And also, um, I'm, I'm happy to also say that our researchers are also well knowledgeable. Uh, gone are the days where you have to always chase after researchers, but they are the ones who are coming to our offices right. excited and with enthusiasm that we have, we believe we have something that could be commercialized. How can you help us? Then we provide that support if it's intellectual property. And there are strategic funds and uh, strategic instruments to support that. If it's maybe just basic uh, business development support, we also have instruments that are looking at that. Sometimes you realize that it's just there's a marketing need or maybe just identifying market, identifying industry partners. We do provide that support. We always say that it's from cradle to grave. Yeah. Uh, but we always don't want the grave part of it, but we want, <laughs> we want those, uh, innovation to be, um, profitable maybe for the longest time, uh, one can think of. But yeah, in, in essence, we really provide the full value chain support. Can you tell us a little bit about your team? It sounds like you're providing a lot of services. So how big is your office and, and what kind of individuals do you have in various roles? Unfortunately, we don't have a big team, uh, despite the amount of work that we have. Uh, so we are a team of tech transfer, but also there are other supporting um, units within that are also kind of supporting our work. For example, the copyright office is separate. Then there's a trademark office that is separate, but then we'll focus more on the patents and also uh, startup establishment of startups and also business support. So my colleagues um, who are tech transfer specialists, they have like your engineering and life sciences background and also vast experience in the tech transfer. And actually they were sharing very exciting stories of their experience here at Autumn and which had made me to also look forward to it. We also have um, legal expertise that are providing uh, support. Some mostly we will source maybe from outside, but in the past we had our internal legal expertise and also we then complement that with sourcing from outside. And we're currently actually recruiting. Uh, so if uh, uh, participants at Autumn are able to uh, hear this podcast, they can check it our, our website at Innovus University. We're currently looking for expertise or experts in the field who can come and join one of the best teams in South Africa. 
in South Africa, Cape Town in particular. It's just yes, a beautiful place. Beautiful place. We can't deny it's such a wonderful opportunity. So we're really look at, uh, looking forward and excited about the new um, candidates that will join the team because also what we're realizing that our portfolio is really growing and with the current staff complement, it's quite a struggle to manage everything effectively. So we're hoping that with a new growth in the office, um, that we'll at least be able to balance and be able to provide the support that we need to provide very effectively. Now, I wanted to go back to intellectual property that we've talked about a little bit so far, but how does the university ensure that the IP rights of its researchers and inventors are protected during the tech transfer process? So we are guided by uh, what I mentioned earlier, our Intellectual Property Act uh, from uh, public funded research. We in short, we call it IPR Act. So with this act, it makes provision for the establishment of uh, tech transfer offices at universities and also ensuring that our IP is not lost, but is well protected. So as the university or a researcher at the university or a student at the university who contributes or who creates an IP while they are within the university environment. So the university provides that support. And also we encourage them because uh, for the longest time, people had this wrong perception that the university just want to take everything. They are the ones who are generating the knowledge, but the university takes everything. So within that, there's also the university IP policy that makes provision in terms of what are your benefits as the IP creator. So even whether you die, your heirs will be able to also be beneficiaries of uh, the royalty income that will come to the university. So there is a model that is in place to ensure that your rights are protected. You also, your contribute, you can also benefit um, from the contribution that you've made. Because also with the conventional education system, it always used to be research and publications and no interest in, in entrepreneurial activities or commercialization. Now, this is also part of the university to kind of create incentives for those people who are also kind of uh, expressing appetite and and uh, interest in commercialization to say, look, it's not that we say don't publish, but maybe your publication may be delayed because firstly, we need to protect the IP and also there is a need to also ensure that there's return of investment through your research, or at least translating your research into some commercializable assets. So there is that kind of support and we always ensure that we conduct IP awareness sessions throughout the course of the year so that our researchers also are aware because sometimes they see as the tech transfer professionals as people who are just administrators not having anything to do with their research. So we try by all means to ensure that we are a service unit and what our role will be meaningless if they don't come to us or if they don't engage with us. So there is that support that is in place. So Dr. Galadia, how long have you been in tech transfer? It's been probably my fourth year now. Um, for the longest time I was in government before uh, at the Department of Science and Innovation in South Africa where we were funding research. Um, so, so you've been on both sides, yes, so to speak. Yes, yeah. I've been on both sides. So before hours, in fact, I started uh, on the government policy advice and, and um, 
investigation. So within the Department of Science Innovation, we have what we call a National Advisory Council on Innovation. This is the office that advises the Minister of Science and Innovation in terms of whether the government the government programs are relevant. Um, are they are they being used effectively? Are they making any impact in the national system of innovation? Then we'll look at a lot of uh, programs of government and then advise the minister accordingly. So I worked in that for about one or two years, and then I'm uh, trained in biotechnology. Uh, so then there was an opportunity in the bio innovation unit where I moved there. Then I think I was kind of bored <laughs> because <laughs> government is more administrative of funds yeah. to the universities and our science council. So I was just, I felt that I I can do better than just be an administrator of fund. Then an opportunity came from uh, Walter Sisulu University where we needed to establish a tech transfer office. And I was appointed to manage that office. So I ran that for the past three years from 2019 till early last year, where I joined um, Stellenbosch University. Wow, that's a really amazing journey. And and how would you say tech transfers kind of evolved uh, over the last few years? Within South Africa, um I'm comfortable that we've evolved pretty well, even though there's still quite a lot of catching up. I think platforms like Autumn provides uh, that space where we are able to benchmark ourselves with the international community. Um, but I'm happy also to say that given the time, our, for example, Stellenbosch University have been in existence for about 105 years compared to other universities that have multiple centuries in existence. But the progress we've made, I think, is really remarkable because almost all of our public universities have now their tech transfer offices. They may not perhaps have advanced much in terms of patents, in terms of startups and commercialization, but I believe that the right foundation is there, is in place, and it's solid. And um, you could probably uh, see footprint if you follow some of the global uh, publication footprint of even South African or at least Stellenbosch University innovation in the in the global community making footprint globally. So I think there is actually noticeable progress that we've made, even though then we still need to improve, obviously, in terms of attracting funding, supporting our startups and entrepreneurs. Otherwise, the evolution is there and the progress is really remarkable. Yeah, it sounds like looking to the future that there's a lot of potential for tech transfer to continue to make a big impact. in Definitely. South Africa. Yeah. Um, do you see any unique opportunities for South Africa in particular? Yes, Lisa, definitely. There are unique opportunities. Um, for example, now the world is moving towards fourth industrial revolution. There's a lot of... Um, untapped uh, areas within just our natural resources where we can apply high tech. And uh, we still have a way long way to go in terms of developing as Afri of even just South Africa alone, let alone the co entire continent. So there's quite a lot of um, uh, opportunities there. Also, I think the challenge is that within the African continent itself, there's still quite a lot of gap. For example, not all the 
the, the, the countries in Africa have a well-established tech transfer offices, even policies for that matter. So if, for example, you want to take um, a license or technology in another African institution, it becomes a challenge, especially if they don't have IP protection systems in place, because now uh, the terminology is very different. The ground is very different. The tools of trades are very different. So there's still a lot also that we as um South Africa or even Stellenbosch University, we still need to to do in terms of tapping into those markets within the African continent. So I believe that there's definitely room there. There's definitely space there, even uh, globally, for example. We know that as much as um, we are competing with the global community, but I think we also have room to break ground and com- and and kind of we do have a competitive advantage that we are able to exploit and take advantage of. Dr. Galadia, could you tell us a little bit about some of the diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives that are taking place at Stellenbosch University? Uh, Lisa, we, I don't know if you've been following the news, uh, at least South African news, we've been for the past few years in, in the media with the transformation challenges that our university faced. Um, and I'm comfortable to say that I think the university is, is trying the best to ensure that um, there's diversity, women are getting um, the support that I need. And in fact, I don't think it's even the university's problem, but it's a national uh, problem. I mean, even globally, we know that in STEM, women are still lagging behind. Oh, terribly. Yes. So there, there is a kind of a, a, an intentional uh, move, at least strategic move from the executive to advance women. Um, in the STEM areas, even in our office, I think that is also a true reflection because we're probably 90%, um, more than 90% women in our tech transfer office. And we're hoping maybe with the new recruits, there'll be more men to balance the gender. Um, so also in terms of color and all of that, we also try by all means to ensure that there's balance because those are the true reflections of our national challenges that we face. Um, And I think for me, it's also one of those things that I'm privileged. And I always tell people that just because you're a woman, it doesn't mean that because I think sometimes we blame the system when we ourselves exclude ourselves because if you go to university now, uh, you look at an engineering or a computer class, you'll find that um, the majority is men uh, over women. And no one is forcing uh, uh, men to apply for those. It's a choice they've made. Same applies with women. I guess maybe it's also maybe the the stereotypes that are there in our society that certain fields are for males, certain fields are for women. But we also face those challenges in South Africa. But also um, we have programs such as Women in Science in South Africa where they are strategic or at least uh, ring-fenced financial support to ensure that women maybe in exchange programs, they get supported. There are specialized scholarships where women get to be supported and they can maybe collaborate with any institution abroad in order for them to come back and plow those skills back in our country. So we do have programs of that nature. Dr. Galadia, as the podcast comes to a close, um, for anyone who's interested or just getting started in tech transfer in South Africa, what advice would you have for them? I will encourage them to have... um, 
at least a degree in, in a technical field. Lisa, it doesn't have to be science, but even though I'll, I'll want to be biased to sciences, <laughs> yeah. um, I'll be biased to sciences if they can have a technical degree either in life sciences, natural sciences, health sciences, engineering of that matter, even human sciences, because as we, we indicated earlier, that there's also uh, a growing need for tech transfer intervention in human sciences. Then one can maybe uh, balance that with the business studies or even legal studies because tech transfer, it's about, it's a business. It's about commercializing the research or the innovations that you've come up with. And also there's a lot of negotiations. There's a lot of deals that needs to be taken care of. There's also a lot of legal implications because you come up with a technology, then you license it. The next thing it blows someone's uh, factory and they sue you. So it's important to understand, at least balance that skill set so that um, when you're faced uh, with any of those challenges, you are able to deal with them uh, very effectively. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Galadia. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and learning about the challenges as well as these amazing opportunities for tech transfer in South Africa. Thank you so much, Lisa, for the opportunity. And once again, at Stellenbosch University, we are ready to do business and we welcome industry partners, potential investors, uh, even researchers who are willing to join the university. Um, they can check my profile on the link. Um, and maybe we can have a chat to discuss opportunities for that. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Autumn on the Air with Lisa Mueller. Get social with us and share your thoughts. You can tweet us at AUTM or visit us online at AUTM.net. We'll be back next week on the air. Be sure to join us. New to Tech Transfer or a seasoned pro? Autumn is the global member organization for Tech Transfer and is here to help you get connected, get smart, and get ahead. Whether you work in academia, research, government, business development, corporate engagement, or startups, Autumn is dedicated to supporting you through education, advocacy, networking, and promotion. Join and you'll receive 20 free live webinars, as well as meaningful discounts on meetings and courses, insider access to a vast network of colleagues to help you through challenges, and a line on new technologies and the university decision makers who license them. Membership is open for 2023. Join us.